Welcome back to Burn Success Presents 10 Careers You've Never Heard Of. I'm your host, Christian Chavez, and today I'm excited to speak with Jamal Madney, technology strategist for Boeing and co-founder and CEO at Engage Solutions. Jamal began his career teaching engineering and computer science to high school, undergraduate, and graduate students at Long Beach State University. This experience allowed Jamal to touch the lives of hundreds of students and learn from them on life's true lessons of resilience, idealism, and creativity. In 2013, Jamal transitioned to the Boeing company and has since embarked on a technical and leadership journey during the most unprecedented and scrutinized era in the aviation and aerospace industry. Through multiple positions with the company, Jamal has balanced technical intuition for software development, laser communications, advanced analytics, and microelectronics, while thriving in the purposeful ambiguity of business strategy, new market development, and customer cultivation. Last year, Jamal co-founded Engage Solutions, which aims to help professionals and teams in virtual environments perform as if they were in the room by using artificial intelligence and machine learning to measure and determine the success in remote interactions. Jamal holds a double Master of Science in Electrical and Biomedical Engineering from UCLA. Welcome, Jamal. How are you? Doing well, Christian. Thanks so much and thrilled to be here. Awesome. Really excited to learn about your background. To get started, um, you recently co-founded the company Engage Solutions, which uses artificial intelligence and machine learning to help professionals and teams in virtual environments. Can you tell us more about the work you're leading to improve the success of remote interactions? Absolutely, Christian. And, you know, the, the vision for Engage was my co-founder and I were really passionate about the intersection of artificial intelligence and human connection. And what we've seen recently from a technology trend perspective is the brilliance and the power of AI and machine learning has transformed the world so much, but in many ways it is starting to replace the human touch points and the human interactions where magic really happens, both personally as well as professionally. And so the goal with Engage was to say, how can we use machine learning to augment the human connection experience and not replace it? And with that being the ultimate vision in mind, we're initially focused on behavioral signal analytics and the ability to use signal analytics in a video conferencing environment to help professionals in high interaction environments better read and react to the virtual room in industries where virtualization will continue to be the norm and transform the way work is done on the other side of COVID. And so think the teacher-student relationship, the doctor-patient relationship, and the enterprise sales relationship of buyers and customers. And so that's really the three verticals we're focused on right now. And it's been a very exciting journey over the past year, signed a number of large customers and very much involved in product development right now. That's super interesting and sounds super complicated at the same time. Um, I'm sure you, a lot of your inspiration for this type of work came from your experience at Boeing and the technology that you were working on with Boeing. Can you tell us a little bit about your experience, the projects that you've been a part of with Boeing and uh, the recent fellowship through Stanford that you're involved with now? Absolutely. Boeing was an incredible 
environment and sandbox for me to really learn um, cutting edge technologies, both from a hardware and a software perspective. I worked at the beginning of my career in the design development and test of embedded flight software for a number of our classified space assets. And so I was really focused on guidance, navigation and control algorithms and, and software development of those algorithms. I then segued into more of leading research and development projects and teams, specifically in the area of satellite disease diagnosis, where you know there is no pet boys or repair shop in space. And so when in the rare instance when something goes wrong, usually it takes a number of different subject matter experts, a number of different analyses and lots of time. And so for us, the thinking was how can we leverage machine learning, mathematical algorithms, automation to be able to determine diagnosis of a particular space asset immediately when something goes wrong and have a path to root cause and corrective action in a much more efficient fashion. And so that was really something that opened my eyes in so many different ways. And you, my UCLA education was a huge part of that actually um, in, in leading me down that road. And then from there, I segued into more of a business development uh, role in the area of laser communications and optical communications. And so traditionally, uh, space assets and satellites communicate via the air through radio frequency signals. And we were looking at how can we tran transition and transport information through light, specifically through optical communications, because it was faster, it was more efficient. And there were a number of very interesting applications in that space, both in the defense and space side, but also in the area of Wall Street as well, because banks and institutions and traders, you know, want information um, as quickly as it can come. And even a fraction of a millisecond has tremendous socioeconomic implications in terms of the market of being able to put in trades um, at, at earlier times or later times. And so that was really a fascinating endeavor. And then I ultimately segued into technology strategy at Boeing at the company level and ended up leading technology strategy for the company. And in that role, we were sort of internal McKinsey for Boeing. Uh, so we were involved in looking at key technologies and coming up with analyses of key technologies and overlaying that onto our research and development roadmaps and portfolios. We were looking at different due diligence uh, in terms of M&A activities um, and overall just strategic integration of technology functions throughout the company. So my Boeing experience was unbelievably rich um, with experiences and knowledge. And I was fortunate enough to be sponsored by Boeing to be a management fellow at the Stanford uh, Graduate School of Business. And that enabled me to actually do some of the research in uh, consumer behavior and behavioral economics that ultimately led to me founding my company last year. 
that's yeah, so impressive. There's there's so much there, and um, I can't imagine how incredible it's been to be a part of all those different areas of Boeing and to be able to touch so many different you know industries and aspects of society. You've mentioned your experience at UCLA, and now that you are at Stanford, can you? take us back to when you had just finished your undergraduate degree at the school across town and take us through your professional trajectory since and how, how you, you know, decided to jump into all these different areas. For sure, Christian. So I know you, you mentioned uh, <laughs> my undergrad degree across town. That is, that is true. Um, and then there was sort of the opportunity to, to go to graduate school. And I initially at 22, I wanted to do a PhD in electrical engineering. And UCLA is such a special place uh, in the area of electrical engineering and electronics and embedded systems. And so it was, it was a, a no brainer to, to come to UCLA and really sort of experience world-class research at, at the highest level. Uh, and so I started my journey going down the road of a PhD and I realized that I wasn't finding a dissertation topic that was compelling enough for me to, to dedicate the next several years of my life to. And I also had a bit of, uh, you know, some inner inspection in terms of, do I want a little bit more breadth or do I want ultimate depth? And, and ultimately I chose while being at UCLA, doing a double master's in, in electrical and biomedical engineering and really focusing on the area of wireless health from both of these vantage points. And so the whole notion of wireless health is regardless of geography or politics or socioeconomics or culture, there's one real fundamental truth about healthcare worldwide, and that is people are afraid to go to the doctor. And when people go to the doctor, they're stressed, they're nervous, they're sweating, there's tightness in the body. And so when the doctor comes and diagnoses you, he or she is diagnosing you on this elevated stressed state and not really your true state. And most often, misdiagnosis really occurs because that point of departure to figure out what really is happening with you is off because you're not really representing yourself uh, in an authentic fashion from a physiological perspective. And so the whole idea with wireless health was, well, how can we monitor signals through body sensor networks but in areas and environments that people are comfortable in. So their home, their cars, their offices, and collect this data in real time and then transmit it to hospital infrastructures and doctor mobile devices. And only if things go above or beyond a certain threshold, that's when we'll sort of kick off some sort of consultation process. And so that was, you know, an incredible experience to sort of do a double masters um, from both of those vantage points. But I was also then able to marry that sort of technical rigor and the experience of, of technology with leadership. And the greatest leadership experience of my life to this day was getting the opportunity to be graduate student body president at UCLA for two years and representing 
the nearly 13,000 graduate and professional students and being able to have the experiences of, of advocating for fees and negotiating a system-wide graduate student health insurance plan and leading uh, an initiative to get a graduate student union on campus and also helping start uh, a national coalition of the top public universities to advocate on Capitol Hill on student issues like immigration, research fellowships, TA ships, and overall research funding. And so that really ended up becoming the thesis of my professional life of where the true value of, you know, where our world is heading is for individuals to be able to have an exposure and understanding of technology at a deep level, but also an exposure and understanding of leadership and of people. And it was at UCLA where that all came together and set up the trajectory for me moving forward. And when I went to Boeing uh, initially, uh, what drew me to Boeing was the opportunity to be in a rotational program of my first three years at the company where I could rotate across different divisions and departments within the company, but also within those rotations, there was an opportunity with a significant leadership component. And so that thinking and that grounding all happened at UCLA and UCLA will always hold a very special place in my heart and truly transformed my life in a lot of ways uh, through those experiences. And, and you know, the, the satellite disease diagnosis uh, work that I did at Boeing was really an offshoot of my graduate dissertations. And, you know, we sort of realized that there was this natural uh, alignment of my, my graduate work with some of the things that we were working on at Boeing. And while I was doing my graduate work in things like osteoarthritis detection and so forth, well, what I realized was all of those principles and the way of thinking about that problem could go from a medical domain to a satellite domain very easily. And so I can't overstate how much uh, UCLA has, has meant to me. I, the way I like to think of it is I love the people that I've met at the school across town. And I have very deep relationships to this day and friendships with, with those undergraduate folks. But I truly loved the university and the institution that is UCLA because of everything that it gave me, both from a research perspective and a sense of service perspective, as well as the leadership side of things. That's, that's really awesome. Um, I, I hear this in a lot of the interviews that we do that, you know, academics clearly set the foundation for, you know, our careers, but oftentimes it's the, you know, extracurricular activities and experiences that have sometimes even a larger impact on where we end up or where we go. So it's, it's really, really cool and interesting to hear that your, your experience as graduate student body president kind of set you down this path with Boeing and um, got you in a way to where you're at now. It's, it's really inspiring and really, really awesome to hear. No, I appreciate that, Christian. And it was, I think there's a soul to the university that is understood, uh, but is often not, I think, shared uh, across, outside the alumni base in many ways. I, I can't tell you how much I enjoyed, not just the graduate student body experience, president experience. I was chair of the communications board overseeing the Daily Bruin, 
and Daily Bruin Television and student magazines. I was heavily involved in Bruin Leaders Project. Uh, I was part of the Center for Excellence in Engineering and Diversity as a summer bridge professor. I just was so, so all in on my UCLA experience because there was just this deep sense of service and, and diversity, equity, and inclusion. And those are words that have become obviously very prominent in society today and rightfully so. But oftentimes those are just sort of buzzwords by a lot of organizations. UCLA not only talks the talk, but they walk the walk uh, very in a, in a very deep and profound way. And so Definitely. my UCLA experience was just outstanding. That's great. For students and alumni that are you know, interested in pursuing industries or roles that bridge technology like artificial intelligence with business strategy, do you have any recommendations or tips for how they should approach their you know, first few years out of college? Absolutely, Christian. I think that the goal, I think there's a real gap right now in companies and organizations um, moving forward. They are, organizations today are really scratching the surface about what machine learning and data science really means and how the power can be unlocked for their organizations. What they're finding is that they're collecting lots of data in lots of different areas. And there's sort of these disparate locations and departments and units that are probably analyzing data intelligently and many other areas that are not. And one of the great challenges that I see is that we have a number of individuals that are very business-minded and very focused in terms of the practicality of doing work and doing business in today's society, but they don't necessarily understand the underlying mathematics uh, and the technology underneath the hood of machine learning. And so it's a very sort of superficial sense of what machine learning can and can't do. Uh, and you know they're really focused on the business side of things. And then you've got folks that are on the engineering and the mathematical side who love getting their hands dirty and their elbows dirty with the data and the algorithms and the parameters and tweaking uh, all of these metrics, but don't really have the zoomed out big picture perspective of how this can apply to real problems. And so there's a gap there. And so for me, my suggestion to everybody that's coming out is the, the ability to play in both the technical as well as the business sandbox is going to be the most valuable skill that companies are gonna be looking for. And it's, it's a gap right now. There aren't a lot of people that can do it. And so the ability to sort of marry those things and be a data storyteller moving forward uh, is gonna be a transformative talent uh, for people moving forward. And so my advice there is don't sacrifice one for the other. Uh, you know, be technical, but also with an eye towards business and leadership and larger problems. Don't get siloed. And if you're coming at it from the engineering side, be more zoomed out and be more well-rounded and complement your engineering experiences even at your workplace that allow you to get a more zoomed out perspective of strategy, of interpersonal dynamics, and of relating to people and businesses. 
And if you're coming at it from the business side, really complement that experience with understanding the technology and the data at a bit of a deeper level. So how can you sort of complement your experience through potentially online boot camps or supplemental courses or things of that nature? And so don't really sort of think of yourself as just an engineer or just a business person. It's really the convergence of those two things is what's going to be very powerful in this data storyteller fashion. And so don't sacrifice one for the other. Absolutely. And in your experience, I mean, you, you've definitely supplemented your original education with your double master's um, at UCLA and now your business degree that you're receiving from Stanford. How did you along the way decide that these were the best options for you to learn, to bring these you know, areas together and blend them to you know, eventually build out a company like Engage? You know, Christian, it's a, it's a great question. And I think sometimes it's easy to sort of look back and, and put sort of a, a thread uh, of kind of relatability and connection. Uh, but for me, you know, it was much less, I think, intentional at the time. Uh, and for me, you know, kind of, as I mentioned, I was sort of looking at, at, at graduate school with, with sort of this eye towards a PhD. I realized breadth was really what I was looking for and kind of understanding how technology is kind of connected to one another um, and then kind of get into industry. And so that sort of, that graduate experience sort of shaped the first eight to 10 years of my career where I wanted to be sort of technically grounded and sort of build that, build around that technical grounding with, with leadership experiences. And then I had reached, you know, eight to 10 years in uh, an interesting inflection point because I had sort of had, you know, I, I worked for one company for the vast majority of that time, but I had four very sort of distinct careers within that you within that company. And I reached an inflection point and I said, you know, I'm, I'm at this point, I have really good professional experience. I'm in my mid thirties. I just got married. I don't have children yet. And it's always been my dream since a child to pursue entrepreneurship. But I wasn't, I wasn't the Mark Zuckerberg or the Jeff Bezos of the world where, you know, at 20 or 22, I had the killer idea. I had the killer drive right then and there to go do it. For me, understanding kind of how the world worked and how the business world worked uh, was really vital in terms of both my, my personal and professional maturity. And sort of, I reached an inflection point uh, a couple of years ago and said, you know, I can stay in aerospace and technology at, at, at Boeing and, and really rise, or is this an opportunity for me to really make the plunge into entrepreneurship? And that's what really was the, the motivation to then go to Stanford and say, I'd love to be in this sort you know, environment with like-minded people and all these great ideas and potentially find a co-founder and get inspired and pursue a, a, a career in entrepreneurship because I really wanted to customize my impact on the world given my personal story. And so that was really the driving motivator for me. And I'm very grateful that it worked out very well. And so, you know, those educational experiences have been very complimentary um, where I, I think my first 
sort of graduate degrees in engineering set up the first 10 years of my career uh, in a, a very methodical way. And hopefully this management degree sets up the next 10 years of my career in a, a nice way from an entrepreneurial perspective. And I'm always sort of reminded of what Peter Diamandis says about education, where if he could sit and talk with each university president in the United States, he would say, figure out a way to make your university more of a subscription model, where it's not just about 18 to 22, it's not just about 22 to 25, but how can over different stages and experiences in your life, how can you come back to a university and sort of resubscribe a set of classes or dedicated knowledge or dedicated skills for what you need at that stage in your life? Because ultimately education doesn't end with a degree, it really begins because the real skill, especially given the ebbs and flows of our society isn't what you learn, but it's learning how to learn. And for, for folks, especially starting out in their careers, I would say that the skill that is ultimately most important is the ability to learn how to learn. Uh, because what I think is really valuable is how can an individual drop into any sort of an environment and provide value? And how can they understand what's going on, understand kind of the business problem, the technology problem, the interpersonal dynamics of a team, maybe some internal politics, the processes, and then bring value as quickly as possible. And, and to be able to do that really requires a confidence and a grounding in learning how to learn. Definitely, there was so much in there that was just so, so rich and it was all such great advice. I do want to say that your your background, your your career path is super inspiring, and you must have an incredible drive to have accomplished all of the, all of the things that you have accomplished. So, um, congratulations on what you what you've done up to this point, and I can't wait to see where you go from here because it's 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 going to be incredible, I'm sure. Christian, no, I just very grateful for those words and, and humbled by them, and and thank you for for that. Of course. And on that note, we like to end our interviews with a question about success. Can you share a little bit about how you learned to define success throughout your career? You know, Christian, it's, it's such a deep and profound question. I think success, I, I think of Coach John Wooden's quote in many ways, where success comes from the personal satisfaction in knowing that you did your absolute best and, and that you maximized your potential. And I think that's ultimately for me, when I think of success, I think of peace of mind. And I think of not, I think oftentimes in society, we get sort of wrapped up in the external comparison. And I think that's where a lot of anxieties, insecurities, feelings of uh, insufficiency uh, really arise. And I think success is a very personal concept to, to each individual. There is no absolute definition of success. There is the right definition of success for every person. And to me, success is realizing what your unique value proposition is to the world, whether that is professionally, to your, for your family and friends, for your community, for your society, 
what really is that unique value proposition that you want to bring to the world? And are you taking the steps to make it happen? I think outcome is something that oftentimes is in our control and sometimes it's not. The, the outcome of whether an organization is successful or your company is successful, you can you control that certainly, but there's also external factors. But I think as a society, we often think of success a little bit too much as outcome oriented and not enough as process oriented. And so that journey that begins with sort of self-awareness and then ultimately you doing the things that you are most passionate about and that you want to most represent yourself with, are you doing those things? To me, that is success. Success is an inner peace in being self-aware enough to really genuinely exercise your authenticity. That was fantastic. And I, I love that John Wooden quote. I try to keep that in mind um, as well in my own career. So thank, thank you so much for sharing all of that insight and advice. And thank you for taking the time to be with us today. You're, again, your career is so inspiring and so impressive. And I'm really excited to share your story and insight with the Bruin community. Well, Christian, thank you so much. This was such a, this was so much fun and, and such a thrill. And thank you so much for everything that you do for the, the UCLA alumni community and you, your work is so instrumental in, in creating a, a community around UCLA Bruins and true Bruin values and so forth. And so I'm very grateful for everything that, that you do uh, for, for UCLA at large. And, and so thank you so much for that. Thank you, Jamal, I really appreciate that. You've been listening to Bruin Success. Our guest this week was Jamal Madney of Boeing and Engage Solutions. You can learn more about Jamal in the description of the podcast. Follow UCLA Alumni Career Engagement on Instagram and Facebook to keep up with Bruin Success. If you enjoyed the podcast, subscribe to it, tell a friend, and share your appreciation on social media. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time when we're with another inspiring Bruin. This podcast was made possible by UCLA Alumni.